Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. According to a 2022 study, it is found that half of Americans enjoy consuming content about murder. 13% of people say that it's their favorite genre, to which I have to ask, are you okay? Sensationalizing murder is nothing new. I watched tons of 2020 and Dateline growing up, and Netflix has completely capitalized on people's deaths for the last few years. However, Oftentimes, when we think of serial killers or murderers, we think of men. But there are indeed women. Today, we are going to talk about Hell's Bell. Belle Gunness, a woman who killed multiple men in the early 1900s to build her fortune. How did she do it? Find out on the season finale of White Collars, Red Hands. Man, imagine someone would be like, oh, man. So, like, what's your favorite genre of, of like, movies? And murder. Just, murder. Death. I was like, I don't think I've heard anyone. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone be like, no, it's murder. I well, you haven't talked to the 13%. Love, I love murder. You're right. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they don't live around here. Maybe they're from, you know... Virginia, maybe Virginians just really, oh, they love murder. I don't know. I'm not there. You're not there. You're here with me recording another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. This is Kashan. And I'm Nina. And uh, yeah, it's our season 12, 11. What season are we? On? Obviously, too many to count. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I can't remember. It's 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 twelve. It's twelve. Okay, that's wrapping right. up good old twelve right now. Lucky number thirteen is coming up next. You know it. Are we going to do yes. something special for it? I don't know. Well, oh, you more, more of this. You more of this promised sure. me last year on our podiversary this year that you would get me sushi. Oh fuck! Because I got us pizza last time. I can't even eat sushi. Are you going to be able to eat it by October? No. What the, oh. Not until December. Uh, I All right, eat, I guess we'll celebrate in December then. I need just the pieces of little raw fish. The sashimi? Yeah, just not the rice. I'm going to eat the rice. We'll figure it out. Well, today's episode, as you know, if you've been following us for a while, but if you're just jumping right in, every season finale... Well, hold on. Let me back up. <laughs> if you've been listening to us for a while, you know this, but if you're new here... We do talk about white-collar crime every single episode. However, in our season finale, we cover rich people who have committed a murder. Murder. And that's the only time we will do murders on this show for the most part. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they slip in, but we don't, yeah. like, we don't mean them to be They're there. They're sneaky. It's not the, it's not the main Slide it in there. We, right. we just like slide them in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out and in mm-hmm. and then out. Yeah. Just, uh, you know what? I love having such an adult uh, uh, podcast. You know, it's just like, it's like we're someone that you can really send your your 60-year-old mom to. Yes. You know, she would enjoy enjoy our content. She would. She would love it. Yeah. Um, you know who really enjoyed it and loves our content? The person who suggested this episode today. We try to do a fan-submitted episode every single season, if we are given one, and we were this time. 
Yeah, submitted through our uh, website portal. So if you, you know what, after our season finale, we might as well plug this at the beginning. After our season finale, we always choose like the next fan submitted episode. So we take two weeks off in between every season. So the next two weeks are going to be dark. Uh, you can send us uh, your suggestions through our website, whitecollarsredhands.com or at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Something you want us to cover could be a season finale idea, could be a, a regular crime committed by the wealthy idea for our main season. Just uh, send us something. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to Hell's Bell, Bell Gunness. So Belle was born in Norway in 1859. Her father was a traveling magician and she would help her dad with his shows. Her mom was also in it too. And she would walk on a tightrope, which sounds more circusy than that's not magic, magic, but Belle? I think they combine the two. We can just see you up there. It's like, no, it's a magic. It's a magic. I can't do it. It's magic. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so bad oh my god it was noted that her family was very frugal and that money money was very important to them and that is a trait that bell would carry throughout the rest of her life they're magicians of course they're frugal they can what do you what can you afford on a magician's salary not a lot that coin that i pulled out from behind your ear you're right they actually do have infinite money i they forgot do. about that they can just keep as long as they have an ear and hands they're set for life the family retired when Belle was a teenager and they bought a farm. But Belle, you know, farming will continue. That will be a pattern in her life. However, she was like, mm, I don't want to stay on the farm in Norway. And she decided to come to America. And that she did. It's a great movie. Is Coming to America about her? I think it is, actually. Eddie Murphy plays her? Yes. That's crazy. Eddie Murphy plays Belle Gunness in the movie Coming to America. That's crazy. Oh, I never thought about it. Actually, just, it, the film, the prince. actually, the film Fievel Goes West was about her. Oh, shit. Yeah. If we're lying, we should throw other stuff in there. Debbie Does Dallas. Debbie yeah. was uh, Belle Gunness. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh, that's a porn. Oh. What a... <laughs> <laughs> but a famous one. I haven't one. seen that one. But a famous one. Oh, I haven't I haven't seen that fine uh, piece of cinema yet. Well, I guess I'll have to look that one up tonight. Yeah, actually, I think it only comes on one of those. Uh, it only comes on a reel-to-reel -reel machine. So I bet I can find it. That's a joke. It's just very old. <laughs> how old? Is it like Harry Pussy old? <laughs> Is that how you date it? Is the, the, the nine of pornographic dating scale... It's like, well, you see, well, Harry, the, Harry Pussy's all the way back here. The older the film, the bigger the bush. It's true. That is true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I would say it is firmly within that territory. Yeah. All right. Um, yes. <laughs> and I can't imagine how big the bush was in 1881. <laughs> Adult content. It's content that you can send your 60-year-old mother to. That's right. Right here. In 1881, she comes to the United States. <laughs> So that she could become wealthy. The American dream. The American dream. And when she immigrated here, she moved to Chicago and lived with her sister, Nellie. Oh, hell yeah. Chicago, baby. Yes. Dog bears. Let's Dog go. Dog bears. <laughs> Belle Gunness and... Shit, now I forget the other serial killer's name. The clown. Oh, John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. H.H. H. Holmes? Someone yes. we've covered we on have the podcast, covered. Yes. huh? yes. One of the serial killers. Leopold and Loeb, someone else we've covered oh, on the podcast. Oh, shit. Lots of killers here. Yeah. 700 murders in a weekend sometimes. We're known for it. We are. Yeah. But upon moving to Chicago, she got a job as a domestic servant and then got a job at a butcher shop. You're Bill Gunnis. 
I'm Belle Gunnett. You're Belle Gunnett. Belle was said to be a large woman. She was five foot seven, which is not super tall in today's times, but back then, yes, I'm five foot seven. Belle was said to be a large, larger woman. She was five foot seven, which obviously that's not tall in today's times. That's how tall I am. But back then, yeah, she was pretty damn tall. And she weighed between 210 and 250 pounds. But I think she was more like a solid 215, just like Donald Trump. I, I saw that. Didn't he say he was like... Yeah, he said they said he was 6'3", 215. Like, that man is like pushing 300 pounds. No, he's not that big. He's pretty. If he's six three, he's definitely pushing three hundred pounds. I'm bad at guessing people's weight. He's weights. like one hundred percent. I don't even know if he's six three though. Also, Belle Gunnis, stout woman. Yes, Jesus, that's she a, was. She was built like a linebacker. That's a boulder of a woman. The reason she could walk the tightrope is because when she was on it, it was just standing on the ground. <laughs> am, I, am I right? <laughs> like that's pretty easy. She's like, look at me. She gets someone else to stand on it, just steps on there, boing, like it's a cartoon. <laughs> Absolutely. Boulder. Bell the Boulder Gunnis, man. Bell the Boulder Gunnis. While she is there in Chicago, she meets a man named... Uh, all right, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. There's a lot of Scandinavian names in this episode that I can't pronounce. All right. I think it's just Mads Sorensen. Yeah, this one's not bad, but she meets him two years after moving, and they get married in 1884, and they stayed in Chicago. While they are in Chicago, they open up their own candy store. Oh, well, Belle, you, you don't need any more candy. <laughs> All right. Belle Gunnis was out there like, baby, what you waiting for? Step into my candy store. How many musical theater nerds do you actually think are listening to this podcast? I Congratulations, put, I, you, you've made a reference for two people. Put that in for me and you. Well, I do get it, so I, I, guess, I guess there's that. Yeah, the couple had several children, but whether or not Belle gave birth to those children or whether they were adopted is unclear. Because um, no one ever saw her pregnant, but they had kids. With the way she's built, you probably wouldn't be able to tell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, she was a big stout woman and the dresses were big, so... <laughs> Just always like this and probably always walks with like a little waddle. So they're just like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and then, then the kid falls out. She just goes back to working on the farm. Yeah. That's it. That's how it used to be. Everybody before these snowflakes. We're wanting maternity leave. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> People like Bell Gunners back in the day. You can just have them fall out and go right back to the candy store. Bell Gunners didn't take a day off work when she so, was pregnant. So neither should you. That's what I'm going to say. The next pregnant person I meet, they're not going to know what it means. They're going to hate me if they find out what it means. They will. They will. <laughs> um, but two of the infants that they had did die in their care due to swollen large intestines. I hate when that happens. Yeah, it can also happen when you're poisoned. Um, the children were insured, though, so the money was able to be collected after their deaths to pay for the funeral, of course. Um, well, the candy store, on the other hand, was also dying a slow death. It was slow as fuck, and they were losing money. But, lucky for Mads and Belle, one night, a fire breaks out, and the candy store is burned to the ground. Oh, man. Can you imagine how sticky that would be? Mm-hmm. Just, oh, being a firefighter back then, you show up to the candy store fire, you're like, oh, man. Actually, that would suck. Or it just all turns to caramel, depending on how hot the fire is, right? It could be it could be a big win or a big lose. I feel like that much caramel would still be a big lose. 
Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. No one was hurt, but Mads was unhappy. He was sad about his candy store burning to the ground. But they got an insurance claim and were able to collect money. Now, the candy store insurance wasn't the only insurance that the couple had. Mads also had purchased two life insurance policies. One was about to expire, and then he had a second one that was going to continue on. And for two days... The two life insurance policies were active. Oh, man. Good thing that nothing's going to happen in those two days. Absolutely nothing. I mean, what what are the odds? You just two are... and 365. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I guess if you had an equal opportunity to die on any given day. Yeah. Just a way to live your life. I guess. Well, Mads. Ends up dying on a day where the policies were both active. Oh, fuck. Oh, what? When Bell was questioned about his death, Bell noted that Matt's, sorry, Mads came home with a headache and just wanted to lay down. He was a sleepy baby. Bell gave him some quinine powder to help ease his pain. And then she went on to check with, she went on her day and then she went to check on him later and he was dead. Oh, no. It was ruled that he died from a cerebral hemorrhage. His family had believed that he had been poisoned, though, because something didn't add up. And it was found out that after his death, that Bell was able to collect both life insurance policies since the two overlapped. She collected $5,000, which is $175,000 in today's money, the day after his death. She wasted no time. Well, I mean... You had to check. There's only one more day that they're both active. It's true. It's true. His family asked for his body to be exhumed, but that didn't end up happening. Then, Belle's home, not to make matters worse, Belle's home that she shared with Mads burned down the same week as his death. Oh, oh no. What? A candy store, husband, home? She just can't catch a break. She she can't. The insurance company investigated, but they found no proof of fraud. So she got the candy store money, the home burning down money, and the dead husband money. Well, with all that money, Belle decided that she should move and start fresh. So she does. She took that life insurance policy money and went to LaPorte, Indiana and bought a farm. Because that's the place I want to go. Hell yeah. My husband dies, I'm like, oh. Where's I hear the, not LaPorte's Miami, nice. Not LA. LaPorte, Indiana, though. Mm. Fuck yeah. Um, while she was in Indiana, she met a man named Peter, and the two of them married on April 1st, 1902, which is an awesome wedding date because you can easily forget your anniversary because your wife would be like, did you forget our anniversary? And you'd be like, I definitely did not, April Fool's. Oh, I thought you were going to say something awful happened on that day. No, like like anyone who got married on September eleventh, two thousand one, like probably never forgets their anniversary. <laughs> That's a good one. That was a good one. Good one, Kishan. Oh, there you go. Sometimes <laughs> they happen. I don't know. I don't think anybody would have gotten married that day. It was a weekday, unless you, you were at the courthouse. You would. You would. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how cheap some of the venues are on a, <laughs> on like a Wednesday. <laughs> I know some people who did end up getting married on September 11th because it was cheaper. Wow. Like post 9-11. Wow. All right. I wouldn't do that. No. I feel like that would collapse your marriage. Yeah. You got to find like, 
how long does a tragedy have to stay around for it to still be cheaper for your wedding days? Like, it could could I get like Pearl Harbor at like a discount? <laughs> December seventh. Yeah, maybe it's just like a nice winter. Be like, ugh, no one ever has weddings on this day because Pearl Harbor. You know the bombs. <laughs> Well, after the two got married, they opened a local market and Peter would work as a butcher. After some time, sales weren't doing great again. I think they were bad. At, that Belle was bad at marketing. I mean, she's probably just bad at business. She only only knows killing husbands. <laughs> sorry, I mean. She didn't kill You're her. right. No, I'm sorry. It was uh, She only knows uh, profiting off of like, like a bunch of accidents that happened near her. Hopefully, Innocent? hopefully no more I, happened. You don't right? know that. Hopefully, no more happened. We'll see. I guess I don't know. Well, one day Peter was organizing a shelf, and a meat grinder that was on the shelf moved, and it fell off onto his head and crushed his skull. Oh no! Not another husband dead. Bell was the only one who saw the accident. She told people that it fell off the shelf and hit her husband in the head. His death was ruled as an accident. Now, Belle and Peter had three biological children and one adopted child. Um, and then on September 9th, I'm sorry, and in September of, why can't I talk? In September of 1906, Belle's adopted daughter, Jenny, goes missing. It's just one thing after another. I know, it's horrible. Police got involved and they went out to the farm and questioned Belle about it. Bell tells police that Jenny went out to Los Angeles to further her education. And honestly, it was 1906, so they didn't really look into it. How old was she? 14. Yep. Oh, yep. 14-year-old just went out further her education. Mm-hmm. She's not even a, a freshman in high school by today's, maybe just a freshman in high school by today's standards. Yeah. All right. Well, I bet they didn't have a lot of schools in LaPorte, Indiana, Kashan. They got one. And it teaches them all they need to know. Uh, God. That's it. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Which is the Bible. Hell yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, Belle got lonely. She had two husbands died. Her, her adopted daughter went off to school. And in 1905, she starts putting ads in Chicago newspapers to find a man. The ad read, Personal. Comely widow. It's comely. It's comely. It's comely. It is. It's comely. I hate that. Yeah. I didn't want to say it like that. Well, that's what it is. I don't know. It was a different time. The ad read personal comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts of LaPorte County, Indiana. There's only one. (laughs) Desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman with a view to joining fortunes. No replies by letter will be considered unless the sender is willing to follow an answer with a personal visit. This was the original dating app. Yeah, it's like the Pina Colada song. Escape. Do you like Pina Colada? Because he's like, you know, he's got to put a, put an ad in the paper. He's like reading. He's like, oh, this lady sounds great for me in the paper. And then he puts his own in the paper. I don't think I know this. And then they meet at a bar and it happens to be his girlfriend that he was thinking about leaving because he was bored in the relationship. Is that actually what that song's about? Yes, it is. And then she's also bored in the relationship. And because she comes and he goes and she says, ah, it's you. Then we laugh for a moment. And I said, I never knew. 
It's what it is. So, this, so the whole time. I think they, I only know the do you like pina coladas getting caught in there. Yeah, the whole time they were bored in their relationship with each other. And they re, they rediscovered the, themselves in this paper by trying to cheat on each other with each other. Is this like when couples are like, let's go to the bar and pretend like we don't know each other. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I can't. I, I know you. I don't. <laughs> hey, you come here often? <laughs> if, if I pretend I don't know you at the bar, I'm just going to not talk to you. And that is accurate. That'd be hilarious. Be like, why don't we go to the bar and just like pretend we don't know each other? Then I go up and just like order a drink. And I go, like, I go, I go, I order mozzarella sticks, eat the whole entire order without sharing, and I leave. Like, like she comes over and tries to say, say something. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm having a night. I just don't want to talk to anybody right now. I just, I'm trying to enjoy a drink. I just, it's, it's not you, but it's you know, I'm just with, with stuff right now. So thank, thank, thank you, but no. <laughs> And like her ad said, she would get these men with the prospect of combining fortunes. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And she did have men who contacted her. Um, she One of the men she enticed was a man named Henry Goholt. And he met with Gunnis and he had wrote his family saying that he was enjoying his life on the farm and that he was happy there. His family didn't hear from him for a while and they became concerned. They, when they reached out to Gunnis, she informed them that Gorholt had run off with horse traders to Chicago. In 1906, another man went out to her farm. His name was John Moe. That's a fake name. I always want to say Joe Moe every time I read it. Um, he was from Minnesota. He answered her ad. He and Gunnis talked back and forth for a long time. And when he went to meet her in Laporte, he took a large amount of cash with him. And then after he went to Laporte, no one ever saw him again. Although his truck stayed at Gunnis's house. Hmm, I'm starting to think something might be up with this Bell Gunnis. Yeah. Another man that she lured onto her farm was named Andrew Helgeline. Helgeline. She got a lot of Norwegian guys. All right. Um, I think she had a type. I think she also specifically, if I remember the story correctly, ran them in Norwegian newspapers because she was Norwegian. Yes, some of them were. And then, yeah, she would. So that's how she got a lot of them. Well, and she's Norwegian. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, her and Andrew exchanged letters for over 18 months before he came to her farm. Don't go, dude. <laughs> which is a really long time. Before he made the journey, much like John Moe, um, Gunnis told him to bring all of his things and to bring all of his money so that they could start their life together and, quote, surprise their families. Which is weird. So bring all your cash to surprise your family? What well, the hell surprise that their families of like that they started their life together. You mean like that they just like like eloped? Like what, yeah, what basically. Is okay. Be like, oh look, we like I got married. Surprise! All right, to this, to this ogre, to this beefy woman, to this. I was like, to this linebacker. I was like, it's not going to come out for a hundred years, but she looks like Shrek, and I don't even know what that means. This is eighteen hundreds. I don't know what that means, but I feel in the ether that that's correct. Bro, she does look like <laughs> Shrek. That's accurate. I'm saying. She's an ogre. At least she has layers. She does have layers. Yeah. After Andrew arrived in Laporte, the couple went to the bank to cash in certificates in order to get Andrew's money. So Andrew wanted a check, but Gunnis demanded that they get the money in cash. Once they left the bank with the money, 
Andrew was never seen or heard from again. Well, he probably just had a meat grinder fall on his head. I hear that's been happening a lot recently. It does happen a lot. I don't know where you've been, but it, there's a lot of meat. Like, it's raining. What is that movie? It's raining meatballs. Clyde with a chance of meatballs? That's what it is. I mean, I'm just saying, people keep talking about the opioid crisis, but no one's talking about, about the, the meat, meat grinder crisis. It's just crazy. My uncle. Meat grinder. I feel like you're lying. Yeah, I'm lying. <laughs> It is scary. Meat grinders are kind of scary, though. I'm always afraid somebody's going to grind their hand up. Oh, they do that. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, they do that sometimes. I know. Yuck. Pink slime, everybody. Stop. That's why you need to know where your meat comes from. You have no idea how much human flesh you've consumed. Okay. From the supermarket. As long as I don't know, then I'm okay with it. What I don't know cannot hurt me. Wait a minute. But if you tell me, Kashan, you've eaten the equivalent of five humans over your lifetime, now I have to deal with that guilt. Okay. But if you never tell me, I never have to deal with it. Which is why I don't go to therapy. Because I can therapize myself. Okay. Just, just don't um, deal with it. Just don't think about it. I don't know how healthy that is. Just don't think. Just push those feelings all the way down. They're gone. For now. Okay. <laughs> Back to Belle Gunnis. Belle Gunnis dealt, at least dealt with her feelings. Okay. By killing people, or I don't know. You I don't, don't know, know that. You don't know yet. Not only, oh, not only is multiple dying lovers a theme in Bell Gunnis's life, but so is her property burning down. Bell's home in Laporte, Indiana, burned to the ground in 1908, and people died this time. The remains of a woman and three children were found in the ashes of the home. It was determined that the remains were indeed her children. The ones she had with Peter. Yeah, well, didn't some, you know. There were also remains of a woman. Yeah, who the hell is that? And it was assumed that it was Belle. (gasps) But But it wasn't? We don't know. But then they realized that the body of the woman that was found in the house had her head chopped off. Uh, was this actually Belle? Maybe it wasn't chopped off. Maybe it was crushed. Meat grinder. Oh. Well, the head was never found. Maybe the meat grinder fell on her head and then grinder they put, side down. And then they put her head through the grinder. Yeah, or it can just it can just flip. It goes grinder side down. Head gone. Ooh. Right. You get you get crushed and uh, ground up, grounds all in one fell swoop. Yeah, and to be fair, brains already kind of look like ground chuck. So now, <laughs> Belle's dead. Her children are dead. Her house is gone. Who could have done this? There was one person who was suspected of burning down Belle's home, and that was a man named Ray Lampfear. Now, Ray Lampfear was a carpenter that Gunnis had hired to help her out at the farm. And he helped her out in more ways than one because the two ended up being lovers. Gross. You don't enjoy consensual heterosexual sex? Not between ogres. He didn't look like an ogre. He looked like a cowboy. He was used to fucking horses. Whoa, not all (laughs) cowboys fuck horses. Just most of them. Some of them fuck the cows. Well, they are cowboys. What do you expect them to do? Damn. Okay. 
You know that there were cowboys out there clapping horse cheeks. <laughs> I didn't think that was the sentence I was going to hear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably. Sure. There's people out there clapping horse cheeks now. Ah! You've seen the documentary. I have. I have to watch it. Yeah. You got to stop showing me these documentaries. Man. I didn't even show that one to you. Uh, yes, you did. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> How, why else would I know about it and bring it up purposefully to you? You watch so many documentaries about people having sex with animals. No, I, I watched them too. Two. That's a lot, believe it or not. All right, listen, listen. There's probably as many as there there are, hopefully. I hope there's, there's not too many more. There's definitely more. I, and too many, hopefully. I was forced to watch both of them. So there's that. What, by your curiosity? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, the two actually had a pretty volatile relationship. They said that they would fight a lot. Um, and then there was a... So, all right. <sighs> because of her lovers that she would get from the, her male-in boyfriends, her male-in husbands, um, there was a point where, and I will bring this up in a second, that Belle fired Ray because of... Andrew coming and then after she she was like hey this guy's coming you can't like be here anymore he got really upset he kept trespassing she had him arrested for trespassing and when she was getting him arrested Lampfear would say that but he had dirt on Bell and would threaten to expose her but then she would tell people that he was crazy so that people wouldn't believe what he said well I can't live without you I, I love the feeling of a rock sitting on me for for a solid five minutes Please. That's called squashing. Don't shame this man. That's it. That's what he was into. He's like, please, I love your girth. <laughs> squashing is a real thing. Please. Watch it on the Tyra Banks. I got dirt on you. Please. <laughs> she specifically claimed that he threatened to kill her, her children, and to burn down her home. Oh no. What if that happened? <laughs> that would be that would be unfortunate. Oh no. Gunnis kicked Lan... So, like I said, he, she kicked him off the farm when Andrew was coming to live with them. And this was thought to be the motive of the murder and the arson to her home. Ray was at the home when the fire started. And at the time of the arrest, Ray was wearing clothes of some of Gunnis's dead husbands. Well, to be fair, there were so many of them, right? That it's just like... You you, lo you start losing track. There's just a bunch of shirts everywhere. Which one of these is from a dead one? Which one of these is from one that just went missing? I just you know? don't think I would wear a dead person's clothes. Well, not if they're wearing them, because then they're using them. But other than that. You would wear someone who's died's clothes? You probably do it all the time if you go thrift shopping. Oh, I, no, the shirt. Yeah, you don't, you don't know if someone, if the person who originally bought that shirt's alive. So, yeah, I don't care. As long as they're not wearing it and it's been washed since they died in it, sure. And if they just owned it and they are now dead, of course. It's just weird to me. We live in the houses of people that have all died. Oh, don't say that. I don't like that. Okay. It I'm makes just, me spooked. I'm just saying. So Ray told investigators that when he was arrested that there were bodies buried in the back of Bell's home. And he claimed that Gunnis dismembered all of the bodies herself. Remember, she was a butcher. True. But he did help her bury them. He admitted to that. Um, it's because she got that gripper, dude. He's like, okay, I'll bury. Are you talking about her thigh? Oh, you're talking about her pussy. Oh. 
You said you had that porn That's scale earlier. That meat grinder. <laughs> the meat grinder epidemic. I don't man. think we've been this bad on the an episode in a while. The meat grinder epidemic, dude. That's what got all of her dead husbands. Um. So there were five bodies found in the backyard. One was her adopted daughter, Jenny. Oh, no. She never made it to school. She didn't make it to school. She didn't even get very far. She's outside. What an... She didn't make it out of the yard. What an... She died like 30 feet away. Fuck, bro. Oh. Um, it was said that she was murdered because she knew too much about the murder of Peter. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I also was curious about this. I don't know for a fact, but during this time... I actually feel bad for Jenny because I don't think she was adopted. Obviously, she was not adopted into a good home. Um, And back, I think it was during this time, it was pretty popular to adopt children and just use them as servants. Um, And I'm sure that's what her role was. The second body that was found was Andrew. There was a third unidentified body. And then the fourth and fifth were the bodies of eight-year-old girls, which I think, yeah, they were eight-year-old, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say they were her daughters, but they burned in the house with her, so that wasn't it. No, there was also children found buried. She's got so many dead children. She really does. Then they, um, so there was those people, but then there were four more bodies of men that they found, and they had had amputations. There were burlap sacks full of body parts that were found buried in the property. Um, So on this property, they did have a private graveyard. So bones and clothes were also found in there. And then there were also bones found in the hog pen and in the cellar as well as the outhouse. Oh yeah, they'll eat they'll eat people. <laughs> so so I've heard. That's how you've been eating ingesting people is through your bacon, Mr. Keto. I'm not gonna stop eating bacon. That's um, that's indirect. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, am I also eating all the corn they ate? No. So, yeah. so who cares if they munched on a couple of people? <laughs> you are so flippant about cannibalism. It is shocking. What are you talking about? I'm not, I'm saying I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it on purpose. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm you not saying, I'm not, I'm not Issei Sagawa. I'm not like fucking, oh, give me some people. I want to eat them. Nom, 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 nom. I'm just saying that like, if, you know, if it happens somewhere and it happens to get to me, I can't control that. And I don't even want to know at that point. True. Okay, true. So this is a direct quote about finding the bodies in Gunnis's backyard um, from the investigation. So the investigation, quote, yielded multiple burlap sacks containing torsos and hands, arms hacked from the shoulders down, masses of human bones wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly. Lampfear said that one of the brothers of the victims had written Gunnis a letter saying that he was going to visit the farm to try to find his brother. Um, Lampfear claimed that this prompted Gunnis to kill her children, fake her own death, and flee. It was suspected that she burned in the home, but it was also thought that since so many of the bodies were amputated, that she may have lured a woman into her home, killed her, cut off her head, and then set the house on fire. 
in the ashes of the home, they did find a jawbone that was from the woman who the, there was a random jawbone that was found, even though like they couldn't find the head. There was a random jawbone and they took it to a local dentist. The dentist looks at it and identified that it was work that he had done on Bell. There was also rings that were found on the woman and they were Bell's rings. However, it is said that the body of the woman who was found in the bear, burned home was five inches shorter than Gunnis and 50 pounds lighter. She's burned. How do you know that? I don't think she was like burnt to a crisp. Oh, okay. You could tell there was still. I, I think you could like tell well, it think, was a person. Well, I think it's because if Bell burned, there'd be so much just. She'd just feel like the same. That's why she was 50 pounds lighter, actually, at all. Yeah. There was just 50 pounds that burned off. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. huh. Still kind of looks like her. She's kind of like melted like a candle, yeah. you know? Oh, that happens. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. A doctor who looked at the body of the woman who was dead had thought she was poisoned. Now, Ray was thought to be the murderer, but he was acquitted of murder charges. He did end up confessing that he burned down the home and was arrested for arson. A year after his arrest, he died in 1909 of consumption. Rest in peace. Tuberculosis still gets many to this day. Obviously, the story of Gunnis was sensational. And in the early 1900s, hearing of a woman who was a serial killer, that was really uncommon. The public ate up the story. Once the story became popular, people flocked to Gunnis's home and it became a tourist attraction. It was so popular that they would sell popcorn and souvenirs. So effed up. How much you didn't have a lot to do back in the day. All right. Um, all right. True. You didn't have TV. You didn't have a radio. All right. That's true. This is what you had. The Bible and visiting uh, Bell Gunnis's home. Going down even see if you can get a finger bone from old, old Bell Gunnis's house before you die of the consumption when you're 12. Okay. That's all you had. One of the souvenirs was photos of Andrew's body, which sold out in minutes, which was not cool. Yeah, they were photos like, were hard to get this time. Yeah, oh. that's why they sold out. There's probably only 10 of them. Yeah. Um, people would also jump into the graves to see if they could find anything cool, which I think is really gross. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people would probably do that. Like all the people that showed up to like uh, Ted Bundy when he got murdered. Not murdered. Well, depending on how you look at it. Everyone showed up when he was put to death and they had like a big thing. I mean, people are morbid, man. Yeah, it's People weird. always have been morbid, and they yeah. always will be. That's fair. Now, like I said earlier, was the body of the dead woman actually Gunnis? A lot of people think that she faked her own death. After her death, there were sightings of her in Chicago years after 1908. So, wow, she could be long. here right now. Wait, so this happened in 1908? Yeah, the house burning down. Isn't it so funny that at this exact same time, the Cubs are winning the World Series <laughs> in Chicago, <laughs> and then they wouldn't win again until 2016. Maybe so Bell the- is murdering people not far away, and the Cubbies, little do they know, they're winning their last World Series for over 100 years. I think that, I think that there's a correlation. 
That's why they say it's the curse of the billy goat. No, it's the it's curse, curse of, of hell's bell. It's the curse of the bells, the bell gunness. The bell gunness. She yeah. kind of looks like a billy goat. So that makes sense. She kind of looks like Babe Ruth. If we're being honest, oh, she does look like Babe Ruth. Honestly, <laughs> she does. She does. It is thought that she killed about 14 people, but some people estimate that she actually committed 40 murders. Gunness has been the center of many podcasts, shows, movies, and books. So if you'd like to learn even more about her, the content is there. So they just never found her, huh? They alleged, Well, I mean, depending on what you believe, either you believe that she did die in the fire and then they did find her, or if she did fake her own death, she got did get away with it. I don't, I don't know. The teeth one is the one that's really hard for me, right? Because it's like, it's like, how would you, how would you kill a random woman that also has like similar dental work? Well, so the only thing for me is, is that they couldn't find the rest of the head and that it had been taken off of her body. You think she just, you think she just cut off part of her, her jaw though? Like, no, how does that no, 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 ha- how does no, that no. Happen? no. What I actually think happened. She got caught in the fire and they both died. Well. That's a theory that I haven't heard. But I think that, I think she faked her death. And then I think that they brought this jaw to the dentist. And then the dentist was like, oh yeah, this is her. But he just this is her. didn't fucking know. But like, I'm sure that, I mean, you know, you've got everybody who wants an answer from you. And it's easier to believe that she died than yeah. to believe that she faked her own death. And... You know, I don't know. It also seems you like- also don't have like I I don't know how they did dentistry back then, but they obviously didn't have X rays and stuff like that. So it's not like he, he could. Might, he probably had written records though. He might have, yeah. I don't know. I I also think it's a little too convenient that she was like Ray's going to burn down the house and kill me uh, and my children. Yeah, I think that it. I one hundred percent. Yeah, she hella telegraphed everything else the whole time. So yeah, and the fact that Ray said that one of the brothers was like, hey, I'm going to come visit because, like, where's my brother? I think that that was a really huge incentive to and if I remember, that. if I remember correctly, like, she, like, led that brother on for a while, too. Like, mm-hmm. like she, she was, did. Like, sending correspondence back being like, oh, like, like uh, he he's, like, doing this, he's gone or whatever. Yeah. And then kept just kicking the can down the road until finally he was like, I'm just going to come out there. Yeah. And a lot of the bodies of the people who had missing sibling or missing family members, they were identified. Like they came out to look at them. Unfortunately, they found out that their brothers and sons and fathers were dead because she did get a couple people's dads. Like they were older widows um, or widowers, and they came out and she murdered them. There was one guy that like he didn't even tell his family that he was going out there. And then they were like, yo, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm here. I'm having a great time. I feel like she was writing some of those letters. Oh, she probably was. Honestly, she probably was. Yeah. But Hmm. that's the story about Belle Gunness. Many people fantasize about a love that is so strong that it hurts. Unfortunately, for many men in our story today, that love not only hurt them, but killed them. Belle Gunnis took advantage of the men in her life, using their horniness and desperation for companionship to build her wealth. Some would say, yas queen, slay. What a girl boss. No. Belle Gunnis manipulated the people in her life and not only murdered men, 
but her children as well. Hell's Bell is hopefully somewhere paying for her sins in the afterlife because we know that she didn't pay for them in this one. Gaslight, gatekeep, kill your children. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's what she lived by. God. Oh, man. Ah, well, that was our season finale. Um, If you liked that and want to hear more, um, we've got more coming for you next season. But we also are on social media. So you can check us out on Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands, Twitter at White Collars Pod, Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. We are on TikTok at... um, just kidding. TikTok. What are you a Midwestern mother? Yes. Jesus. TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. Um, we're on YouTube too with, you guessed it, White Collars Red Hands. Subscribe to that so we can get ad money. Thank you so much. Um, if you have a suggestion, something you want us to cover yeah, for a we future did, episode. We did it at the beginning. Okay. To listen to the beginning. Okay. We won't do it again. Sorry. If you got to the end without listening to the beginning, then I salute you yeah and don't do that you fucking weirdo yeah that's weird that's like when i read the last page of a story before i read the I beginning hate people that do that oh you hate me um um okay what else do i have to talk about oh if um another free way to support us is by leaving a review we're on apple Podcasts and spotify we love a five-star review but an honest review is also good as well um also tell a friend let them know. I think that's the best way to spread podcast awareness, honestly, is by just word of mouth. And then if you want an unfree way to support us, we do have merch on at Tee Public. You can go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com, click on the link that says merch, and you can buy some merch for you and your loved ones. And I think that's it. I think that's it, too. All right. Well, we will see you in two weeks on the 13th season of white, white collars, collars, red, red hands. hands. I forgot how our outro went there for a That's second. That's okay. I was like, we say all of it. We, nope. We've only done it 110 times. But nope. We've done it more